0: What's up people, welcome back to Rebranding Safety, I'm all back from our honeymoon and we're going to get cracking, back to normal now, back to the grind. Today we're going to talk about two things, I want to talk about the language that we use, so specifically the, the words that we choose and the, the phrases that we choose to communicate a message. And then we're going to talk about mental health day and jumping on the bandwagon. Let's get into the podcast. Health and safety is almost a victim of its own success We and an oppressive regime of health and safety regulations A huge fire engulfs a tower block Children in- being forced to wear goggles to play conkers at school Worst oil field disaster, 164 dead Rebranding Safety, the modern health and safety podcast Crushing a stereotype Brought to you by Risk Fluent And your host, James McPherson What's up guys? Welcome back to Rebranding Safety. Rebranding Safety is the health and safety podcast that does exactly what it says on the tin. We are here to rebrand health, safety, well-being, risk management, whatever we want to call it. We're here to challenge the stereotype. We're here to destroy the perception. We're here to provide some value. We're here to educate people that are not in the health and safety professional... professional? Profession. So all back from the honeymoon in Australia had an absolutely fantastic time not to be a cliche health and safety guy but thoroughly enjoyed the safety video and inductions and drills that we did when we got on the cruise ship thoroughly enjoyed watching um the staff go about their tasks as we were tendering back and forth to the to the shore etc uh, etc et and just watching a kind of variety of risks that they were dealing with and, and actually how i was how impressed i was in how they deal with those risks so that was interesting obviously australia is a beautiful place and i I absolutely recommend it to any of you if you ever get the opportunity to go out there it is amazing which kind of brings me on to a couple of things so one of the kind of stories I want to talk about uh, in when we're talking about the language and the words and phrases which we choose to communicate a message um, environment and climate change and bits like that is part of the examples I want to discuss. So I want to discuss um, Greta Thornburg, um, I hope that's how you pronounce her an name, um, and then I also want to discuss a post by a good friend of mine, Rich McNabb. So let's get straight into it then. So it kind of started with Rich's comment on Andrew Sharman's post. So Andrew Sharman shared a a post about mental illness at work, managing mental illness at work, You know, it was a very good post. Um, it just kind of run us through the the steps in which we would take to kind of minimise the risk and the impact of mental illness. But Rich made a really good comment on this post which really got me thinking. And um, if you like the sound of this, just go check him out, Rich McNabb uh, on, um, on LinkedIn. He doesn't know he's getting a shout out on this, so hopefully he still listens. If you do, hi Rich. So anyway, Rich said, I've always thought that the language is key with regards to mental health. Do you think the words managing and mental illness can put workers on the back foot, make them defensive? Would protecting mental wellness be a softer, more engaging way to talk about it? A minor point I think, and ultimately the key is where we address the issue, but in, the, in a world where stigma is hard to break, but easy to obtain, the language may be a big influencer on engagement. I read that initially, and and I won't I won't fib or if I won't lie. And I, I read that initially, and I thought, does that really matter? Do, do we really need to get into the nitty gritty of this? And then I thought about, I kind of challenged myself and thought, well, we'll have a think about it. You know, what what other examples have we got? to kind of back that up and I do think we discussed that kind of language of using the word compliance and how that may be interpreted and I've said for a while that I think that that could be interpreted that um, you know we're doing this not because we care not because we want to look after our staff but we're doing this because the law tells us to so I do think Rich has hit a really really good point here um, and I do think it could have initially help us break the barriers kind of between employee and employer you know but we've got to break the barrier and we've got to convince employees that we are business leaders are doing this because we we actually care about them um and that kind of brings us back to that being compliant um phrase and you know what kind of rich is talking about here is just the way we use our words can not not purposely but not even in Consciously um, is probably the better word, but subconsciously offend people, put them on the defensive. Um, And then that kind of got me thinking even more, and if we think about this Greta Thornburg, who is communicating a very noble, moral, and in my opinion, correct message, and I'm a big advocate for her, and I do think what she's doing is very, very noble and brave. But I'm seeing an increasing amount of hate for her on Facebook. Be that right or wrong, I'm not here to argue the point, but I was sitting talking with Sherry, my wife, the other day, and we you know, how can you hate a young child that's, that's kind of talking about, you know, something that is serious and something that's going to affect us all? Um, now, obviously, climate change seems to be still quite a controversial issue, and there are some people that don't want to acknowledge it, don't want to believe it, or whatever. I'm not, again, I'm not here to argue that point, but the when you look at how Greta uses her language and how she uses her, her speeches, they're very aggressive. They're very, you have taken away my future. It will be my generation that, that, ch- that changes the way we live. You know, it's very kind of personal use of language that my generation will be better than your generation. That automatically implies that your generation is bad. Um, that immediately puts people on the defensive. And I think when Rich kind of hits a nail on the head here is that you put those people on the defensive, nothing you then say going forward will be looked at without a bias. And I think it was absolutely kind of open my eyes when I was reading Rich's comment and then when I started thinking about it as I walk away and, and think about podcasts that we've done, think about conversations we had with Jonathan Dempsey for example where we touched on this and, and listen to the hate and the, the speeches of Greta's doing etc etc et and think actually maybe it's, it's, it's your own fault sometimes you know sometimes we have to look at us and the way we the way we communicate. And then it brought me back to thinking about, well, how should we communicate in the workplace? You know, if you're gonna tell somebody off in the workplace, or say you you know that it primarily was one person's, in your opinion, one person's failing within the team, which is why we failed to do some kind of project. Yeah, I've always been a big advocate of when we fail, it's we, uh, and when when we win, it's you um as a as a leader i've always been a massive advocate for that you know if i'm talking in a negative stance or from from a negative stance it's always like right what can we do to to make sure this doesn't happen again what can we do to be better here because we we obviously weren't good enough at this you know how can we improve because we obviously are not where we need to be right now and then we flipped that and we've done something amazing. You know, I'm a big, big advocate, as we've said before, and um, we touched on time and time again. You know, I'm a big advocate of praise where praise is due, a positive reinforcement. And if somebody does something right, I'm a massive advocate for saying to you, you have done something amazing there. You know, so you, Rich McNabb, have absolutely opened my eyes to this kind of piece of around language and how we communicate. And it was a great comment, you know, I'm a massive, massive advocate for that, and I do think the way that we communicate can automatically ruin the message in which we're trying to communicate, and I think Greta is a prime example of that. She is doing an amazing job at getting people to listen, and a lot of people will so believe will believe so heavily in the environmental message that it doesn't matter in how she say it. So now they'll probably be, you know, more invested in her by how aggressive she is in in her language. But there are the people on the fence that you need to keep. And they're the people where you need to, or not keep, but they're the people you need to sway. And I think they're the people that you probably lost by your true choice of language. and and I just genuinely think that there was an absolutely amazing point by, by Rich, and it's really really got me thinking um, about that kind of piece of how we communicate um, can put us on the back foot and put staff on the back foot. Um, you know how we are going over and a kind of stopping dangerous tasks on a workplace could be an even an, an even more good even more good example Fuck me apparently going to australia makes you forget how to speak um and i think back to that kind of that example of where we were talking i can't remember what podcast it was but we spoke about a good friend of mine who is a builder on the site and the health said person goes over and he's very aggressive in his manner like and i'm all for I'm all for being aggressive when it needs to be aggressive. And by aggressive, I mean, from a health and safety standpoint, you see something that you genuinely believe to be an immediate risk to life. At that point, I'm all happy for you to go over and just be like, hands up, stop what you're doing right now. You know, give that level of authority. I think dominance is right when dominance is is right. Um, there, there is a time for dominance, but at most cases, and in case with my friend, it wasn't an immediate risk to life it was something stupid like um why you're not wearing gloves or something like that <clears throat> which again is quite a controversial issue on a builder's site um apparently because of you know fingers wagging you should be wearing gloves and and it's that whole kind of body language to communicate something straight away where you put that person on the back foot you put them defensive and and you know if you get somebody defensive you're never gonna get a good positive interaction with them because you've approached them in a negative aggressive manner. Um, So you know, how can we do that differently? I wasn't there so I don't know the context but how would I try to approach that differently? I would would start by not even addressing the issue. If it's something low risk or medium risk like that or something that really is not going to be immediately uh, posing a significant risk, then I would not address the issue straight away. I would go over, I would be like, how you doing lads? You know, did anyone watch the rugby last night? Blah, 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 blah. And have that conversation of, you know, building a relationship with them. If you've already got that relationship, amazing. I'll be like, hey Adam, how's the wife? How's the girls doing? Blah, blah, blah. What the dog's been up to? You know, have those conversations with people. Build that relationship. And then within that conversation, you can then go, can we talk about how come you're not wearing gloves and and I just I'm just really interested in you know I'm of the position that we should be wearing gloves. Uh, these are the reasons why But obviously you're not so I'll be in really interested to know why you're not and I think what that does is one of two things it either takes us to a position where I'm educated, so Adam will tell me the reasons why, and I'll go, shit, I never thought of that, that's a great, great example of why we actually shouldn't be wearing gloves, or we get to a position where Adam becomes educated, and Adam goes, oh shit, yeah, that's a good example of why we should be wearing gloves, and I, I understand now why you want us to wear gloves, and actually, you know, that that's a great point, I want to wear gloves, and then we get to either way we get to a good position we either innovate within our business or we get to where we originally wanted to be which is wearing gloves so i, I think again i think rich absolutely nails this and it's great to talk about it from a point of view of mental health where it is a controversial issue it does have that stigma you know and, and it's a great point of what he's saying, you know, in a world where stigma is hard to break, but easy to obtain. And that's something that we as safety professionals have struggled with. We have quite easily built this stigma for ourselves as these people that are very, very dominant, very aggressive, kind of, you know, failed our police exam. So we've gone into safety to point the finger and wag the tail, etc. So we need to change how we're approaching stuff to attack that stigma but when we've already got that stigma around we're discussing something such as mental health which already has a stigma then we really need to focus on how we're approaching this stuff and remember if you think back to the podcast we did with Richard Knud where we talked about sales you know how to sell something he talks all about building relationships. It's not about supply and demand or anything like that. It's about building relationships with the people. It's about understanding what they need and, and getting them to understand you, etc., and feel comfortable with you and then eventually they come to you anyway for the work. So We're talking all here about kind of building relationships. And I do think if you're gonna kind of tackle mental health within your within your business, one of the first things you could do is start looking at yourself, but then start just focus on building good relationships within your business. You can educate your people and turn them on mental health first aid. You can educate your people on how to acknowledge stuff within themselves and where they're struggling. But if you have that poor relationship An environment within the workplace where people don't feel comfortable to say I'm not okay um, which is nothing easy that's not something that comes overnight this takes a long time to build and you're always going to come up against a stigma that rich quite quite rightly talks about you're always going to get those couple of people that don't want to talk regardless of the relationship but all you can do is focus on your relationship with them your employees your assets which is what they are and focus on creating a nice, safe environment, and that's it. It's just you know, forget all these. For most of us, you know, who are not specialists in this stuff, we can forget all of these kind of technical terms of psychologically safe, etc., etc. And they do have a place. And when you know, specialists and professionals are talking about the nitty gritty, nitty gritty of this stuff, then 100%, we can start breaking it down into those technical terms. But for most of us who are, you know, just generalists or business owners. We can really just start talking about it from the simplest point which is just creating a nice place to work where we want to be you know and and we've got a lot of people coming up on this podcast that are going to help us get into that nitty-gritty of how to create those good workplaces talk about uh, getting innovation getting change building psychological safety etc there's a lot of people coming up well that you'll be able to get into that nitty-gritty but i think for most of us if we can just focus on building a nice place to work and part of that is I think in my opinion how we communicate what language we choose to use think back to Greta Greta next time you're going to try and implement something at work or you're the health and safety guy girl professional whatever and you're you're going to try and bring up this new problem or new thing or new innovation you sit down and have a think, how am I going to communicate this? Am I going to go in aggressive and, and just completely switch them off like Greta has? She's probably lost a lot of people because of the manner in which she's communicating, which is such a shame because she's communicating such a great message. But the manner in which she's done it she completely lost them. And I've been there, I've been in a workplace where I've tried to communicate something that I thought was a very good initiative to implement a work, and the manner in which I went about it completely shut the business down. They did not want to hear about it. I overlooked a few things and how people were so attached to the certain piece of equipment that I thought we could get rid of or I thought we could improve. Um, and I was very young in my career, so I completely understand where, the, where Rich is coming from and can kind of look at this thing and, and see all the hate where, that Greta's getting and kind of get it don't endorse it by no way shape or form you know i don't endorse it in any way but i can understand why people have become so anti-Greta and by being anti-Greta they have then become anti-environmentalist and then you exacerbate that with things like extinction rebellion that are again a very aggressive manner in which to protest against a very very good Cause that's the word I was looking for. Cause. So if you look at Extension Rebellion, they're doing something very, very noble. They're very, very good cause. However, they're doing it in a manner in which pisses people off. People are trying to get to hospitals and it'll be the focus, it'll, they'll be focused from the media on the stories that, that get to people's hearts. You look at what the media do, they're very good at this. So they'll pick out the story where Bob was trying to t- get his daughter to hospital and the daughter couldn't get to hospital and something horribly went wrong. And they'll use very aggressive language because it gets straight to your heart. Now, instinct Rebellion are doing something amazing, but they're going to lose a lot of people because they're pissing people off. Now, I genuinely believe that change comes step by step, person by person. I've said this time and time again, like a virus throughout the business, you have to act a certain way and eventually and slowly the next person will go, I can see why James is doing that and then they'll start to tweak and then they'll start to tweak and they'll start to tweak, blah, blah, blah. So if we're going to go and do these protests then let's think about the language that we're using, let's think about the manner in which we, we go about ourselves when we do these protests and that might make such a big difference and I think when we're thinking about you know world mental health day and we're thinking about how we can attack this stigma that we've got around mental health I think language is something that we really need to think about so let's move on to the next subject then which I've just wrote down in my notes world mental health day the bandwagon now, what do I mean by that? That's a great question, James. What I mean by that is a post that I came across on LinkedIn where somebody—I'm not going to name who because I don't agree with what they're saying—basically was a reason was a player in the mental health game, so um, some form of consultancy around developing wellness and well-being and. You know good mental health etc etc so you know had a history of mental health and use that to do something amazing and help businesses and people etc be better and that's an amazing amazing thing spot on don't fault that in any way shape or form however this person had put a post on linkedin And what that person said, and this probably ties in quite closely with the language piece, what that person said was, in effect, right. What they were saying was, is yes, yes, let's talk more about mental health. It's it's a good message, you know, get people talking. And it was all off the back of the ITV advert, which, frankly, I think is amazing. What an advert. Um, It gets people listening, you know. You've got this advert, it starts, then we've got World Mental Health Day, and people start talking about it. They start talking about talking about our mental health, which is only a good thing. But this person's post was, the NHS is not ready for everyone to start talking about it. So well and good talking about it, but what happens next? How do we acknowledge that there is an actual problem within one person or two people or three people? You know, we can talk about our mental health, but how do we actually diagnose someone and then start to move forward with their healing, etc. A very valid point. Very valid point. But the manner in which that post was quite aggressive against kind of mental health world day and I may have misinterpreted it and you know in in which case that just brings us back to the kind of how do we use our language point but it was it came across to me that like what what you're saying here is that we we shouldn't talk about it because because we're not ready to deal with it and I I don't think that's the way we need to go I think we need to hit both and I think as a kind of Uh, not me, but that person as a mental health kind of, I don't know, influencer or consultant or whatever, mental health professional maybe, it was really shocking to read, you know, that actually they weren't an advocate for something that a day, a day has been dedicated to them, um, to their profession, and then a, a massive collection of extremely famous people are on Daytime and primetime TV, encouraging people to talk about mental health. Surely one, that's only good for your business because it's going to direct people to you. If they're talking about it and they feel like they've got a problem, they might ring you. So two, that's only, one, that's only good. Two, what's the other alternative? To not talk until the NHS is ready? But then if the if we don't talk about it, the NHS is never going to know that we actually have a problem, surely. They only know because we're talking about it. And then people are going, ah, shit, I actually think I've got anxiety or I think I've got depression. So then they go to the doctor and that creates d- demand, which then forces the government, the NHS, etc., and all the other organizations to supply. It's basic sales, supply and demand. So if we don't talk about it, and what else are we gonna do? There's no way we're gonna to get to a point where we fix it. And frankly, the, the comments within this post where I was going, you know, well said, blah blah and there was a gentleman within there that was again a kind of mental health professional. And they said, I'm making a point not to say anything about mental health on 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 World Mental Health Day and as a result of this advert and I'm not gonna address this advert because frankly mental health is every day. Well, fuck me, now we've got a firm grasp on the obvious, thank you very much, it is every day, it is something we need to do every day, but this was your opportunity, this was the point where you should have been shouting from the friggin' rooftops to say, yes, you're listening to me, this is what you've got to do, give us some useful tips as a mental health professional. Fuck me, if we had a, a rebranding safety day, you wouldn't hear the end of me. If we had a health and safety day, you would not hear the end of me. St- Stop looking at the bandwagon like it's something like when you're a kid and, you know, your mate comes along and he says, Oh, I've just, I've just found this new band, like the Kooks. And, and, and I'm just using this as an example because I remember when this happened when I was a kid and my brothers just started listening to the Kooks. But anyway, moving on. When they came out, I remember you know, there was a couple of us that kind of come across them when they started, you know, they were on Radio 1, etc. they started getting really popular and I remember going to a friend of me and being like, oh, I've just come across this band and my friend was all like, oh, I've been listening to them for like a year, look at you on the bond bandwagon, now they're all popular, you want to listen to them and it's like, fuck me, does it matter? Does it matter when we're talking about it? Does it matter that there's a bandwagon? Frankly, I don't give a shit. If the bandwagon is doing something like environmentalist or the bandwagon is doing something like addressing mental health, then jump on the fucker, and let's ride it into the future of, I don't know, the better world, anyway, run over, I just thought it was really shocking to see that, I do think that, you know, mental health, well, mental health day, and the advert by ITV is amazing, and I do genuinely believe that Greta's message is amazing Um, and I just think that we probably as a nation especially in the UK need to try and stop finding the negatives in everything. Um, I do it just as much as anybody else you know always kind of default to negative I think maybe it's a it's an English thing maybe it's a British thing maybe it's a human thing I don't know but we always default to negative and I think when we're trying to address mental health, and we're trying to address environment, we need to, and we're trying to address health and safety as well, we need to change the narrative to, to a positive message. We need to jump on the bandwagon, regardless of where that bandwagon has come from, and just keep talking about this stuff. Anyway, that's pretty much it for today. (laughs) as per usual whenever I get on my own kind of personal podcast and there's no guests I always get a bit ranty so or ranty 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 so I apologize for that I hope this has made some kind of sense and I hope it has provided some kind of value um apologies that we missed a podcast last week we managed to get um four kind of pre-recorded ready for the holiday so I didn't have to worry about it that's also why obviously why I've been quite quiet on social media um So yeah, apologies we missed last week. We're working on some awesome guests. We've got loads and loads of calls booked in the diary of loads of people to come on the podcast. So we've got some preparation calls and we're going to have a chat with some some of these people. You know, what what kind of value can we bring to you guys? Um, What what can they bring? What can I bring? And have the kind of collaborative conversations. And then we've got a lot of calls already booked in to have a recorded podcast interview. Um, So we're working on some... Amazing guests um, working on one particularly phenomenal guest. So, hopefully, that'll come out when it does. Um, we'll be sure to tell you. So, keep listening, guys. I hope you've enjoyed this podcast. If there's anything that you want to hear, there's any particular guests that you want to hear. If you know you read an article the other day and you're like, Oh, wow, I'd love to hear from that guy, you know, tweet us, come find us on LinkedIn and say, Drop me a message to say, Hey, James, you know, I read this article by blah blah and it was phenomenal. I'd love to hear. Kind of your point on them on the article i'd love to hear you know you having a conversation with them if we can get them on we'll do it if not i'll read the article and give my 10 pence worth you know anything like that drop us a message come find me on linkedin james mcpherson easy peasy come and find me obviously all the links will be in the description anyway come find us on twitter um safety rebranded um come find us on facebook of rebranding safety we're we're absolutely everywhere come and find us Uh, we'll put all the links to social in the description as well i hope you found this useful guys i shall catch you in the next podcast Safe.